Ephesians 2, starting in verse number 13. We'll read down through verse number 18. The Bible says, But now in Christ Jesus ye who were sometimes, sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. I want you to see in these few verses right here, and if you have a habit of underlining, to be able to draw your attention back to it in the future, I want you to see this word that's mentioned three times in these few verses. In verse number 14, it says, For he is our peace. At the end of verse number 15, it says, So making peace. Verse number 17 says, and came and preached peace. Three times in these few verses, we also have the verses, the the words enmity. Usually enmity, we want it to result in peace. And we see this three times down through here. I'm going to preach for a few moments this morning. You say, pastor, we're getting towards Christmas time. It ought to be Christmas messages that we ought to be hearing. Well, that's why I gave you the title of the message, Peace on Earth and in Your Hearts will be the title of the message today. Let's have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Father, we love You. Lord, I'm so thankful for the day, Lord, that there was peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And Lord, I pray that as we look into these verses of Scripture, and Lord, yes, it's a direct relation Lord, to the Christmas story and the announcement by the angels. Lord, I do pray, Lord, that that one that's here this morning, and Lord, I believe probably more than one, that just needs not just peace on earth, but peace in their heart. And Lord, I pray that they would soon realize that it's only found through Jesus. Now, would you do that work that only you can do? We'll trust you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I know that the entirety of the message of Christmas is all about Jesus. I understand about all the prophecies, and we could, we could preach. There's never a, a shortage of messages to be preached about the, the prophecies leading up to Christmas, the shepherds. Joseph, Mary, the wise men, Simeon, Anna, the manger, or the bright star. We just sang the song, the beautiful star of Bethlehem. I've tried to ask about every Christmas party also about what their favorite part of the Christmas story is. Just something that God speaks to their heart about. So much of it makes an impact on our lives as we think about it. But yeah, probably one of the greatest parts and internal messages that we have 
in direct relationship to the Christmas story is the presentation of peace. It's presented, and we see it here in chapter number two with the three times that it's mentioned here, in direct relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Was not this part of the message that the shepherds brought, excuse me, were brought by the angels when they appeared to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And here's what reads back there, and you can turn there if you'd like to, but Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And I want to look at a few things about this subject matter of peace out of Ephesians chapter number two that was announced at Christmas time. And I know we sing this phrase and you say, well, we actually just sang that. I heard the bells on Christmas day. Yes. And that wasn't an accident that every one of those verses that we just sang ended with of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You'd almost think that I knew what I was getting ready to preach when I chose that song to be the last song that we were going to be singing before I stood up to be able to preach this morning. I want you to see several things, understanding that in this passage of Scripture, that everything about peace is pointed back to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the correlation of peace and enmity. And I want you to see in each one of these phrases that's here, something about peace. First of all, in verse number 14, I want you to see that peace is positional. You say, what do you mean that peace is positional? It actually says in verse number 14, not speaking about it as an object, which is a noun, but actually more as a person. And his position, it says that he, speaking of Christ, is our peace. That means if you do not have Christ, you do not have peace because this peace is positional. It's, it is who Jesus is and not just what he brings. Now, how many of us are thankful? Now, listen, before salvation, whether you understood it or not, there was turmoil in life. Whether you understand it, you were not at peace with Almighty God. There were those that I have even talked to this week, and they may come across as peaceful as they possibly can, and whether they know it or do not know it, if they do not have the Lord Jesus Christ, and whether you're seated here or you're listening by way of the live stream, if you do not have the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are not at peace with God, because Jesus, who is our peace... Could I ask you to think on this for a moment? Could actually Luke chapter number two and verse number 14, when he said, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, could have been more of an announcement and not just a proclamation. In other words, when he said, and on earth, peace. In other words, Jesus is born. 
now there's peace. Now, understanding the context of what it was like in society back there when Jesus was actually born, understand that they were under Roman rule. They were under a a foreign dictatorship in their homeland, and there was not peace except it was with the iron thumb of the Roman Empire trying to cause peace. Any uprising, it would cost you your life. And now, after all these years of Roman Empire, of being silent from heaven, coming out of the Old Testament, the message that is given upon uh, the, the announcement to the shepherds is peace. I wonder what the shepherds were thinking of saying, okay, I understand the announcement of someone being born, but why are you declaring peace? Because we're still under Roman rule. We're still under turmoil. And listen, we may look around and say, and listen, I had a conversation this morning. When you look around this world and see everything that's taken place, listen, that five-letter word of peace would not be the word that we would probably choose to describe what's taking place around this world. You hear it with with political candidates. You see it on the news. You can't walk into a coffee shop or a barber shop and people are talking about it today. And hey, we don't hear much about the, the war taking place in Ukraine and the war taking place in Israel and one that's heating up over in the, the Pacific over there with China and Taiwan. All these things that are taking place around the world, you'd say, Pastor... This isn't the time that we're, we're talking about peace because it seems like on every front that things are stirring up. You know, the Bible even talks about that towards the end times that there's going to be wars and rumors of war and then someone's going to step in and the Bible says that they're going to declare peace and it's going to be as the Bible says, they're going to believe it is peace, peace, what? When there is no peace and then, and then destruction comes suddenly. And we, we read these things in the Bible and say, listen, where is the hope? But same thing that was taking place back with the nation of Israel about 2,000 years ago. And here these shepherds on the hillside and the angels show up and they declare peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Why was there suddenly peace? May I remind us, it was because the position of the Lord Jesus Christ and he had just been born and he was laying in a manger just a few miles away. It's not that he brought peace, but he is peace. There's a man that I worked for back in high school and through college doing concrete foundations, and, and uh, they were from up around Brother Andrew's neck of the woods up in northern Maine, and their last name was Plored. And uh, fully French-Canadian up there in northern Maine. And, uh, and so they had a bumper sticker, and maybe several of you have probably seen it over the years, but they said this. They said, no Jesus, no peace, which was N-O, no Jesus, no peace. But then underneath it, it said, no Jesus, no peace, K-N-O-W. No Jesus, no peace. But if you know Jesus, then you know peace. You know why? Because that's who he is. So really, when we start praying and we start saying, Lord, I need the the peace of God, what we're saying is, Lord, I just need more of you in my life because he is our peace. How many have found out that the closer that you get to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more at peace you are in your heart and your life? You say, well, that's a natural fruit that comes from it. That's because it's Jesus. 
That's who he is. If the, the closer we are to him, the more abundant. Listen, it's, it's read about, Paul writes about it, Philippians chapter 4. We, we go before the Lord in prayer, and what's it say? And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. I went back and I read every one of the verses. Do you understand when in every greeting that the apostle Paul gives in the letters that he writes with the exception of, I believe, Hebrews, every letter and epistle that he writes within the first couple verses, he's always wishing and praying for peace upon those people. Every one of them. You can go back and count them. All 14 of them. Here it is, peace. Grace and peace be upon you. Peace, peace, peace. And and that's what he's praying. You know what he's saying? Listen, not only something that I want for you, but it's a person that I want that's upon your life. And listen, what was being announced that day there, in the maybe in the middle of the night, I guess, when it was being announced about the Lord Jesus Christ being born, it wasn't just that a baby was born, but hey, peace has showed up. You ever had that time and just think back over your hearts and life that it's a matter of when you're praying through something? And, and yes, we, we struggle with things as we're praying through. There's some, there's some burdens on, on our hearts that we pray through, and you know this. That just that that inner turmoil, and and it's not that you're fighting against God, but you're just trying to find the the mind of God and find the will of God and understand what's His purpose in all this. And then finally, when you get to that point, and there's just a peace that overwhelms and floods your soul, and you still don't have an answer, but you just know that it's going to be all right. You just know. You know what that is? That's not all of a sudden a a magic pill that you just swallowed. But what it is, we just got to the point of being able to experience and to be able to know the very presence of Christ in our lives. He is our peace. Bible says here, who hath made both one, what was taking place and understanding before we move on here, you actually had two groups of people and they couldn't make peace with each other. Boy, it sounds like 2023, doesn't it? When you have more than two groups of people and you had Jews and you had Gentiles and they were fighting against each other and and one was very religious without Christ and others were learning about Christ and getting plugged in over here. And this group was saying, oh no, they can't have anything to do with us. The Apostle Paul comes along and says, listen, I want you to know, <laughs> I want you to know that Jesus has torn this down right here. And he says, listen, he is our peace. And if you've got Jesus and I've got Jesus, listen, we ought to be at peace amongst one another. You say, oh, no, I can't stand that person over there. Then you're not close to Jesus. Can I give you my time out right there? I'll run a little rabbit. You say, oh, I don't, I don't like that prayer. I just can't get along with them. Then don't walk in here and say you're close to Jesus. He's torn that down. He is our peace. If you're focused on Jesus and I'm focused on Jesus, guess what? We're going to be fine. He's our peace. Well, pastor, I just, I just can't make peace with that person over there. What you're saying is that Jesus can't do that. He is our peace. The one thing that we ought to have in common with everybody that's here at Granite State Baptist Church is that you've got Jesus and I've got Jesus. We're at peace. 
we're at peace. He is our peace. Not only is this peace is positional, but I want you to see in verse number 15 that peace is relational. You say, what do you mean? Well, we move beyond that Jesus is our peace and we see what Jesus is bringing in each and every one of our lives. He says in verse number 15, having abolished in his flesh, there's the Christmas story right there. John chapter one says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel means God with us. God became flesh, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man. So making peace. You say, what's this verse talking? It's not talking necessarily about the two groups of people, but can I remind us that peace is relational, which means if you're going through life without Christ, now these are the Bible words, you are an enemy of God. An enemy enemy of God. You You are at enmity. And here's what it is, is the Bible says that he has abolished this. He has destroyed this, but some are still hanging on to being an enemy of God. And you are not at peace with God. Let me ask you something. And we've really found this out over the past couple months. Let me ask you, just because you're not fighting against someone, does that mean that you're not enemies anymore? Just because there's a ceasefire, does that mean you're not enemies? Because you know something, as soon as the opportunity arises, we're going to make sure to get a shot off. I talked to someone this morning, Miss Crystal and I were out of the house rather early this morning and swung by, picked a couple things up and walked in market basket as soon as they opened at seven o'clock this morning be able to pick a couple things up. And I walked by and I said, I'm going to grab a breakfast sandwich. Anybody here ever had a market basket breakfast sandwich? They're like two bucks. Sausage, egg and cheese, McMuffin. It's cheaper than McDonald's. Okay. It's better. Okay. And so I started talking and I she I said, how's your day going, ma'am? She honestly, she had 50 sandwiches laid out there and, and she was, she was slapping cheese on them and bacon and sausage and going down through. I said, how's your, how's, how's your morning going? She said, it's, it's going okay so far. And I said, ma'am, I said, you're not even going to be able to go to church today, are you? I said, because you're working. She said, no. She said, but I don't, I don't follow religion. And I said, well, I said, I, I want to let you know anyway. I said, there's a God in heaven. And I said, there's a God that loves you. And I said, I just want to let you know that. And I said, I'm not asking if you follow religion. I'm just letting you know there's a God. And I said, there's a God that loves you. And I said, he hasn't forgotten about you. Oh, no, I, I just don't follow religion, and, and I'm, a, I'm a Muslim, and I don't, I don't follow the mosque either or anything. I said, I'm not asking what you do follow. I said, I'm telling you, God's real. And I said, God loves you. And I said, I just wanted to leave that with you today. Can I, can I remind us of this? No matter what someone's trying to follow, they, they may think they're at peace. But if you don't have Christ, the Bible describes as being an enemy of God. You say, oh, no, I just haven't chosen him. Well, according to the scriptures, and you can get over to 1 John and read down through there, it says that if you're not a friend of God, you're an enemy of God. Oh, no, I'm just indifferent. There is no indifference when it comes to whether we're for God or against God. But see, here's the good news. You say, well, pastor, I didn't come to a Sunday morning service to be told that I'm an enemy of God. Well, someone's got to tell you. 
You can walk into assembly after, after assembly all across this community and all across our state. And listen, it's not about just saying, hey, you're okay and God will God'll make a choice after you die and see what happens. No, if you are without Christ, you are an enemy of God. But the good news is we have Christmas. <laughs> the good news is it's Christmas time and it can be Christmas in your soul because the word became flesh and dwelt among us and he came, the Bible says, to be able to abolish that, keeping all them rules, keeping all them regulations, trying to get to God. He said, I've done away with all that. And here's what Jesus did. Not only, listen, is he peace and that's positional, but peace is relational. He says, I'm making peace. Now, who's he making peace? First of all, he's making peace between you and God. You said, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize peace had to be made. Yes, when you sin against Almighty God, you are in direct opposition to God Almighty. Well, it's not that bad of a sin. Well, your kid just uh, disobeyed, but it's, it's not that bad of a disobeying. Is disobeying disobeying? Well, you know, and we've categorized it. It's just a little white lie. It's not a big black lie. I mean, just serious that, that that's really going to hurt someone. It's just a little lie. Sin is sin. And it's not you're a half enemy, half friend. You're either all friend of God or all enemy of God. There's no in between. But Jesus came and he is our peace. And he came to make peace, first of all, between you and almighty God. Isn't that wonderful? You know why Jesus had to come and make peace? He's called a mediator. Because on your terms, you just wouldn't be able to get there. Oh, no, you ever heard of negotiations and negotiations break down? You know why that is? It's because one side or the other, they can't concede to it. And listen, God has a standard set. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So try anything that you want. All negotiations are going to come short. They're all coming short. But we've got a mediator. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and and man, and guess who it is? The man, Christ Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. He came. Do you know why he got the job of being the mediator? It's who he is. Peace. Peace. In fact, if you want another Christmas message, go back to Isaiah chapter number nine. The government be upon his shoulders. Read down through there. What's he call him right there? Prince of Peace. You say, well, why is he just the prince? Because the King of Kings still on the throne up there, okay? King of Kings still there. But listen, he's the mediator. Peace is relational. This is the relationship between us and God. The wall of enmity is gone. Listen, nothing between my soul and the Savior. These were two groups that could not reconcile together until Jesus came in the middle. Now, listen, you may be here today. And you may say, and listen, he's made peace. And listen, I've got peace between me and God. As far as I'm standing here, to the best of my knowledge, there is nothing between me and my Savior. 
I was praying this morning and I said, God, at least as much this morning as any other Sunday. I said, I need the touch of God on me. And I said, I need you to get my emotions out of the way. I said, I need you to get my thought process out of the way. And I said, God, I need your presence today. And I said, I can't do that with with having sin in my life. And I said, God, remind me of anything, show me anything, but I need the touch of God. I need the presence of God today. And listen, I'm glad I'm at peace this way. But you know, know what I started considering? Am I at peace this way? And as far as I know, hey, I can, I can look across. I prayed for you this morning, Drew, because I didn't know when you're getting back in town. I said, I'm praying for Drew and Melissa. They're back in town. Praise the Lord. I said, wonderful. And I look across this auditorium. I say, you know, best, best of my knowledge, now you may come to me afterwards and say, well, pastor, here's where we got a problem. <laughs> but to the best of my knowledge, I could, I could start right here and I could go down the rows and I go back and forth. Best of my knowledge, there's nothing that's there. You know why? Because of Jesus. He said, no, you're just a likable guy. No, it's not because of that. It's because the cause of Christ and Jesus needs to be preeminent in our lives and nothing is worth falling out over when we consider Christ. Christ is come to make peace. Then I want you to see that peace is instructional. He says in verse number 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached Peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. I saw two different groups of people here too. Those that are far off, the Bible says, verse 17, and those that were near. Now, as I looked at it, the Bible says he came and preached peace. You know why? Because there were some that didn't know it was available. And there's some that need to be instructed that there is, there is peace available through God. There's some that may walk into church on a Sunday morning and you may be searching for everything under the sun. You may be saying, hey, there's an inner turmoil that's here. I can't find peace. I've gone here. I've gone there. I've tried this and tried that. Listen, but you haven't made it to Jesus. And Jesus, the Bible says he came and preached peace. Now, listen, it's, it's, it's not the peace that, that we try saying all around this world. It's, it's not the peace that we're saying, oh, can't we, can't we just get along and have peace for peace's sake, okay? That's, that, that's not the type of peace. Because in order for this peace to take place and to be acknowledged, we need to realize that we're at enmity with God. And some people just need to be instructed that, listen, you're at enmity with God and we need to preach peace. How are you going to get that? Listen, you've sinned against Almighty God. Christ has paid and abolished that for you to be reconciled to God. And you are not at peace with God until that gets settled between you and the Lord. It's instructional. We need to be telling We need to be preaching it. We need to be instructing others that, listen, what you're going through in life, you just need to get to Jesus to be able to find peace. But pastor, the turmoil that is going on in my life, yes. How many here have turmoil in your life? I'll put both my hands up, okay? We have turmoil. 
What's the answer for it? Well, if I just had a million dollars, hey, there's some of you going through some things right now that if you had six figures in your checkbook, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to buy your way out of it. You go ahead and sit down with that doctor and they come across with that diagnosis. It don't matter how much of a check you can write. Doesn't matter. Something inside starts saying, what are we supposed to do? And you know as well as I do when that peace of God floods your soul like nothing else you've ever experienced. Can I just put it this way and you see these initials all over social media, and you see it. If you know, you know. <laughs> you say, Pastor, I just, I just don't understand what you're talking about, about that peace of God. Listen, there's some here. If you know, you know. When it's just, listen, nothing's changed. Situation hasn't changed. We're, it's still dire. It's still this going on, that going on. Hey, we're coming into Christmas time. Christmas peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. We sing a song. There is no peace on earth. Sure, there is. He was just born in a stable, laid in a manger. He's my savior. He is our peace. He's positional. He's positional because no one else could attain it. Not the Romans not the law, and not religion. Had to be Jesus. He's relational because we were enemies with God, and enemies need peace. They need a mediator. I don't know how many countries are getting involved over in Israel so that they can be the ones to take credit and say, hey, we brought about peace. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take Christ. It's just going to take Christ. It's instructional because that's the message we need to preach to the world that's around us. They desire peace, but they don't know who it is. They don't. They've never met the Prince of Peace, and they don't know what he can do for them. Aren't you thankful if you're here today and you know Jesus, you know the peace that he can give to your soul? You know the peace. There's no more of that inner turmoil on what it's going to be for all of eternity. Hey, listen, I may be unsure of a lot of things in my life, but I'm not unsure about eternity. There's just a peace of God that passeth all understanding. He is our peace. He was announced there to the shepherds of peace on earth. Goodwill toward man, not just a closing of an announcement, but a, de but a declaration that Jesus was born. What you've been searching for for all these years, what the shepherds were needing, what the city of Bethlehem was needing, what, needed, what was needed over in Jerusalem. Hey, we're under, we're under Roman Empire. We're, we're under this rule. We're under all that. There's no peace. Oh, yeah, there is. He was just born peace on earth. And I wonder what it is in your hearts and lives that you may be looking at throughout this Christmas season. And so many times we're looking at the subject matter of peace, but we're not looking at the Savior who is our peace. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, can I remind you, and based upon the authority of the Word of God, you're an en enemy of God. Enemy of God. You say, what's going to reconcile that, Jesus? Because he is our peace. 
I almost envision this taking place when someone calls upon the name of the Lord to be saved and said, Lord, I'm trusting you. I almost envision the Lord Jesus looking over at God the Father saying, they're no longer your enemy. But instantly, instantly, now listen, it's the only the re, only relationship ever that this can take place. You go from being an enemy to a child at a moment's notice when we call upon the name of the Lord because of who he is. It's positional, it's relational, and it's instructional. This is the message we're supposed to preach. We could take the time and turn over. I won't do it this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll close her down. We could turn over to 2 Corinthians where it says we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You know what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth? We're supposed to be getting parties that are not in agreement, supposed to give the gospel, point them to God. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ this relationship can be there. You're trying through religion. You're trying through good works. You're trying through everything you can do. But listen, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Let me point you to Christ. He is your peace with God. And you just got to trust Him for it. That's the message we're supposed to be preaching. Let me ask you something. Not just peace on earth, but I wonder if there's peace in your heart. I wonder if you can honestly say going into the Christmas season, I've got peace because Jesus was born. He is my peace. Or maybe there's just something going on in your life right now that you're in turmoil. You would never tell anybody else about it. Listen, I'm not asking you to reveal that to us. I'm not asking for standing up and say, here's what I'm battling with. But I will ask this. Why don't you take it before the Lord? Say, Lord, you're my peace. You came to be able to reconcile and to be able to preach peace and to make peace. That's who you are. But if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, would you quit being an enemy of God? And would you call upon Him for salvation and become the friend of God and the family of God?